This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, keep the pat on back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the most wonderful football club in the known universe. That is the Footscray Football Club, Petrarchy Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. I'm Danny McGinlay and we are on the board in the men's season finally for 2022. What do you think about that, Tom Boyd? Well, I was about to say, you can't get any worse than 0-3 in the first three games. And if you do this sort of calculus about how to make finals, you need to win by roughly 14 or 15 games. So if you lose the first three, you can lose four more for the year, oh. which is pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, stoked. Uh, from all accounts, I was actually uh, I was working out in Cario on Thursday night, so I missed the first half. But from all accounts, it was um, incredible Bulldogs football for the vast majority. <laughs> which um, Now, by that, do you mean dominating inside 50s and not taking opportunities? Pretty much, yeah. That's the way to win, that's the way to win premierships over a long period of time. So, um, yeah, no, it was good to see the, uh, the boys. I actually ran into Naughty, uh, Aaron Norton, on Thursday morning. Oh, and really? They sort of... Just ready to go. He's a, he's a lovable character and just a stud of an athlete. Now, oh, really? Oh, he uh, he's as fit as they come, except for maybe Bailey Smith. So, where did you see him? Uh, well, he lives around the corner for me, okay. down in the, uh, the south part of Melbourne. So, um, yeah. He uh, had an okay game. He had an okay game. Well, well, let's get analysts, but let's bring in our our guest. Now, uh, anyone who's been to the Comics Lounge or pretty much any comedy night over the past 20 years would have seen this guy. He's a Melbourne icon, massive Bulldogs fan. Great to have you finally on. Dougie Chappell. Hey, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) See me me anywhere, any comedy club just out the front begging for change. So that's... uh, Work in the door. Uh, that's right, yeah, work in the door, cleaning up afterwards. <laughs> Dougie is proper Footscray royalty. You are born and bred in Footscray. You you lived there when it was rubbish. Yeah. And I saw you driving in here in a red convertible. So your life is just, Footscray is an absolute metaphor for your, your life. You started with nothing and now you're driving, now you've got a midlife crisis mobile. <laughs> well, to be honest, I did steal the car. So uh, I've got to keep, got to keep my heritage alive. It's, uh, <laughs> did you, what, what did you think? of the game, Doug? Uh, it was great to get the win, but I've got to be honest, so frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> it man. was killing me. And I, I had my uh, comedy festival show and I had to go on stage. He's got and, the plug in already. And there was, him go. <laughs> but there's 10 minutes, there was 10 minutes left and they were coming back. Sydney was coming back. I had to go on stage and I was literally watching the game right <laughs> oh. up until they called my name and I put it, and I, but it was killing me to go on stage. So the whole time I was on, I actually asked someone in the crowd, does anyone know the score? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I, did, I remember I remember a game against Sydney in 2010. I was doing a gig in Newcastle, and for some reason, I could see a TV in the corner of my eye 
just in the next bar over. Yeah. So I was performing and it was going okay, but I kept getting and and Sydney upset us. Like we were supposed to win that game. Twenty ten when we were just you know the, yeah. the premiership window was absolutely closing and it was just a very depressing night. But I've also had the opposite where the last time I did the Sydney Comedy Festival show, uh, one of the one of the people in the front row, she just she literally just brought out her phone and started streaming the Swans game on KO. And I go, what are you doing? She goes, and she showed me the scores. It was like one point in it, 10 minutes to yeah. go. And I went, you can keep that on. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a rough, uh, it was, man, we're just, we're so good. And yet we're so terrible. We kicked the first, we were like three goals, one. Yeah, and then what did yeah. we kick? Like one goal, 58. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> feels like it at times. <laughs> I remember at one stage, I think they had, I think it was, we kicked 12 or 13 points and they, they didn't kick like three. And you're yeah. just like, and it's the only reason they, they stayed in the game. And you're like, oh, and, and it's frustrating as well. It must be for the players as well. That just all that hard work and just right at the end there, just those little misses. It's one of, the, one of the most crushing things ever when you play a game and it's like, you know, the scores of the weekend, 9-17 to 9-6. But if you lose by a goal and you've had 10 more scoring shots, it is the hardest thing to get over. But interestingly enough, we had, we've had this issue since Bebo arrived. Like yeah. In terms of... Um, not just the finishing line. We had Dead Eye Dixon, obviously, yes. um, and some really good uh, goal, uh, particularly set shot kicks. But um, historically, I remember talking to Jamie Maddox, who is the development coach or was a development coach at the Bulldogs, and he's still there under I'm not sure exactly what role. Um, and he was saying even at St. Bede's, when Bebo was coming through the ranks, the way that they played and the way that Bebo has always had his teams play, it is frantic. So points are a big part of playing frantic football all the time because <laughs> everyone's always tired and you're turning the ball over and you're um, you know, getting it back and giving it back and then eventually you end up just overwhelming teams with the, uh, the right balance. But yeah, you also miss a few <laughs> opportunities along the way. So this isn't part of like Bevo's, you know, Bevo's all about being humble and, you know, yep. being the nice guy, unless you're Tom Morris. <laughs> um, but is this just not, you know, you got, you, you know, sure, we could win games easily by kicking it through the big post. Give them a chance. You know, don't do things the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think after the, the amount of scrutiny he's been under the last few weeks, he's going to go, let's give them a chance. <laughs> he's looking to blow them out of the water, a bit like Brisbane did on the weekend. Dougie, have you been disappointed? Uh, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the pod, but I've been disappointed that Bevo, when going into the post-match presser of uh, against Carlton and after the Swans game, there's been no jokes about... Yeah, you know, he had that massive blow-up in round one. Yeah. You just, as a comedian, you think he would reference it. Maybe just even a bit of... Uh, is Tom here? Oh, <laughs> no? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that would be a bit weird because he's, he's got the, 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 the mo now. The chopper. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, think, I think he's going with that new look, yeah. that new attitude. Like, you know, but, I, but I like that he just wants to move on from it. And, and stuff yeah. as well, but 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 as as comics, you have to say something. Damn straight, I'm constantly saying stuff. But yeah, yeah I'm well, getting fined every week. Yeah, hundred percent. But I find um, one of the easiest ways, like when I walk in to do a not a not a comedian, obviously. No, no. But, but when I go in to do a, a public speaking event, or whatever, one of the first things I do is just deprecate whatever I did poorly in the past, whether yeah. I was overpaid or <laughs> couldn't get a kick or whatever it was. <laughs> Um, because it just disarms people and allows them to sort of see that you you are human, you are aware of your flaws, which is important because yeah. the people who aren't are pretty intolerable. <laughs> um, 
and and I, you know, I'm sure Bevo's thought about it. Perhaps he's just um, he's wrapped up in still the emotion of it. But yeah, I'd like to hear him just be like, yeah, just a little bit of self-deprecation and go yeah. in nice and friendly. You've all got a lot of nerve being here. Yeah, <laughs> you should all get razors. Although I've heard just through hearsay, and I don't know how true this is, and I, I don't think either of you guys would know as well. Apparently, Tom Morris never went to press conferences before. And well, so that's why it was a bit. It was a bit jarring that oh. he would go. It seemed like he was just rubbing Bevo's nose in it. Well, wow. yeah, I don't know. He he's historically been sort of like the beat journalist, right? And then now he's working at Fox. Is this like was this his big year, kind of promotionally? No, yeah, maybe they do move around a lot. Like yeah. you get, you know, Riley Beveridge has just gone to Channel Seven, and and they all look, you know. A lot of them have a similar vibe. Yeah. Of just, uh, you know, wearing a suit but no tie. They're all white. They're all male. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. I'm not racist, but all, all us whiteys look alike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's – um, and also they're, they're put into these positions by – and I'm not talking about time. I'm just talking broadly speaking. Of where it's like, this is what we need from you. And we don't care how you get it. And we don't really care about what players think of you as a person because your job is to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to run into like Mitch Cleary and all these guys and, and they'd be like, they'd be pestering you, pestering you, pestering you. And then you talk to once the mic was dead and they'd be like, mate, I got to do it. Like, this is, this is my job. <laughs> I don't oh. have a choice. And you're like, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been beaten by 50 points. <laughs> And you have to come and harass us. I was like, it's just um, part of the gig. Yeah, when I wrote for the Herald Sun, the only real um, uh, uh, direction I was given was please try and ruffle some feathers, start a conversation, oh, right, you yeah. know, uh, niggle the uh, opposition fans. And But then when I would do that, though, I would get uh, – I remember one joke they took out of mine was about – I was bagging out horse racing because I'm not a horse racing fan. No. I find it I find it dull. Yeah. And I put that in there and they went, oh, uh, Spring Carnival actually gives us a lot of money. Can you not do that? And I'm like, oh, okay, so ruffle feathers except for who yeah. pays you. All right. Yeah. Good except work, Harold. birds. <laughs> okay, I messaged a journalist on social media once and uh, said, man, I think it was unfair what you've done. And he's gone, mate, you're a stalker. He called me a stalker. Oh. I said, oh, that was weird. I've never been called a stalker before. And then I felt so weird because there I was looking for his bedroom window. Going, it's just, it's, uh, no, but I really did. I, re- I really did contact him. And, and he did call Which me. Which journal was it? I, on, I, I, I don't, don't oh, want to mention names because he actually right. said he's going to call the police on me. <laughs> it was just a simple question. I said, because what he wrote was, wasn't true. So I actually said, it's actually not true. Is this about the Bulldogs or about you? No, about me. Oh. Yeah, just, yeah. So he actually said, uh, you know, I said, it's not true what you actually wrote. And was this goes, a reviewer or something? Yeah, a reviewer, yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, I said, what? I said, I don't mind you saying something that was true, but you actually lied. Mm. And he goes, mate, you contact me again. I'm calling the police. You're stalking me. I said, oh well, just a, a question. This is a public social media account. So, yeah. 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 Well, this is uh, – comedy reviewers tend to be, you know, the the, ab- the absolute entry level yeah. of, uh, right. of, of journalism. Like, you do read review- – I, I remember one review I had which started with, the show was good but was ultimately just Danny standing on stage for an hour telling jokes. I went – yeah, it's stand-up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the definition of it. Yeah, I haven't got to the theatre, like, flamethrower, light, no. and, like, all that stuff. I'm not there yet. Oh, and not if I, I'm not sure I want to be. I got, I got one review. They said, Doug Chappell should go back to his trailer park. <laughs> and I go, yeah, well, if I could afford it, I probably would. Because, <laughs> yeah, Dougie, you, I first met you at uh, a pub that in Footscray that doesn't exist anymore, the House of Fools, yep. which you used to run, yep. uh, or you ran the comedy night there. Do you remember uh, 
one of the – I think it was possibly the second time I've performed there when uh, halfway through my set, a really, really drunk, massive Maori dude – just started doing the hucker at me. <laughs> no, Do you remember that? That's a compliment. Button. And I was a bit yeah. freaked out because I was a pretty young comic. And you just put your arm around me at the end and you go, mate, you've just got a story for the rest of your life. <laughs> and so you still remember it. Absolutely. So. And, I, and I also remember your opening line of that gig uh, was uh, to tell all the comedians that uh, just be careful with this uh, microphone because I got it from cash, from cash converters. It's already been stolen once. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I kind of, I've got to write that down. Yeah, man, that's a good one. That's a good one. New material. Yeah, because Doug, you're you're a comic who you know we've we've toured together. You've got so many great stories, and I consider you a, a good friend. You're you're a guy I would uh, I would call to uh, you know to come sit. You know, if we got if we got into the Tom Boyd fancy pants area, you know, the inner sanctum, we you know, I'd bring you into that. But you're also a guy I would call if I had to get rid of a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of those guys who would be no questions asked. All right, sure, I'll help you with this. <laughs> We don't need to talk about it ever again. Boydy, I wanted to ask you, who of your former teammates would you call to get rid of a dead body? Oh. Yeah. We can, we can, you know, you can take your time here. We can edit this. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, just navigate that question, broadly speaking, and just, like, who can I say that would be kind of helpful with Well, that? yeah. I mean, there's lots of different ways you can tell who's got scientific knowledge, uh, who's got, I mean, in Doug's, you know, what Doug's got going for him is, uh, I know he oh. he knows he knows some dodgy people. He's probably done it before. <laughs> he's also, uh, you know, he's got a lot of properties where he can bury things. He's also just, look, nothing would and, phase and my, you, And my Doug. name's Doug, so I should be <laughs> yeah. good at digging. True. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you'd like, you could either go just like the person who's like, you know, the most sort of, you know, able to sneak around. Yeah. Or you just go like, Call David Young because he's a surgeon and he probably knows how to dispose of body. Nice, yeah, that's you know? all right. Like Youngy, you know, big bulldog supporter. <laughs> I've made a blue. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you call it? He's the club doctor, is he? No, is he's he the surgeon that we we utilise for okay. like all of our orthopedic stuff. Would so. you have to go through Zimmerman? You know, Doc Zimmerman with the big. Yeah, I, I could get Youngy on the phone. Yeah, I reckon. Because <laughs> Doc, hey, Doc or, or PA. Doc Zimmerman looks like the kind of guy who'd help you with a dead body as well. Well, I will say that Zimmer <laughs> has been with me in some very dark moments or of my life and yeah. been extraordinarily helpful. So, uh, eh, not sure he's willing to step over the line of incriminating himself for the rest of his life. Because <laughs> I've told this story on stage a few times. I don't think I've said it on the pod. When I was like oh, 19 years old and I just moved out of home, like two weeks, two weeks into my real you know, adult life, my then girlfriend, I found out she was having an affair with my then best friend. Like wow. they had been cheating, uh, you know, on you know on me with each other for a couple of months, and it all came to a head. And I was just so devastated, and I regressed to a childlike uh, space. And I rang my mum, and I just said, "Mum, c- can you come round? Something bad's happened. Come alone." And uh, I said, "Come alone," because I I didn't want her to bring like you know. Yeah, dad is a, a great bloke, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted my mum. It was a really primal yeah. lizard brain. I need mum. Yeah, and I came round, and she came round, and I told her what happened, and she went, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> and I've gone, "What?" And she went, "No, no, no." And did she like hug me, and I cried for an hour. But then, like, after, like, I go, "Why did you say thank God?" And she showed me what she brought. My mum worked as a janitor, so she had she, she had this old jar of really industrial clean.
cleaning powder and she'd also bought garbage bags, gaffer tape and my passport because she thought I'd killed someone and she was going to help me dispose of the body. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So like, she, you know, she got Northern that's Irish heritage. That's just, <laughs> that's just Belfast, you know, genes. I just think, like, that's quite the impression that your mum had of you. <laughs> He's like, I didn't raise him that well. He, so he, he was always a, a weird kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she fires the, and went, she, went the, the bed. The best bit's the passport because she's like, great, now we can get. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Off oh, to yeah. the real world, mate. <laughs> it's not just get rid of the body, it's get me out of the country. Yeah. This, is, this is why, <laughs> good on you, mum. Yeah. My mum would wait till there's a reward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd just sit there and say, I'll come around now. Where are you? I'll make a quick phone call before I come over. Because, Dougie, you lived in proper Footscray when it was, when it was rough. Like, um, are you happy to share some stories? Like, what happened to you at your son's third birthday party? Oh, that's my daughter's third birthday party. Oh, was your daughter, party. sorry. This, yeah, this is, uh, again, this is, this is a true story. Um, my, I actually got glassed <laughs> at, at my, my daughter's third <laughs> birthday party. My son was one. And uh, I was actually dressed as a wiggle. <laughs> and uh, and I and I was drunk at the time, and I still had and I, because because um, the guy that glassed me took off and stuff, and um, someone goes, oh, you know, you should should go like the doctors. And then my other friends got, well, you got to sook about it. I said, no, no, I'm not sooking. So I just stayed and kept drinking. Hang on, so you're are you bleeding? I'm bleeding. Yeah. Where did he glass you? And the, the side of the face. Side so of the face. So you're going to gash. And yeah, yeah. So it's still here. I got like little, and little and glass flickered off and cut my chin and stuff like that. So I'm sitting there, but I didn't realise I got glass at the start. I thought he, he hit me with a ball because I kicked the ball at him and hit him in the head. So I thought he grabbed the ball and uh, hit me with the ball. And uh, my nephew was only tiny then, and he's standing there. And my, uh, my nephew's looking up at me with like a shocked face, and I said. And then I noticed a glass on the ground. I go, was that a glass? And my nephew's just nodded like, yeah. You know, I said, am I bleeding? He's like, yeah. You know, then someone goes, you should go to the hospital. My other mate's gone, oh, mate, you know, you're not going to ruin the party. I go, no, no, I'll stay and <laughs> drink. not going to ruin the party <laughs> by leaving. <laughs> then one of my, one of my uh, the neighbour actually uh, walked over and uh, he goes, oh, Doug, uh, oh, and then he realised all the blood. And he goes, oh, I was just going to pop in, but yeah, I'm going to go back home. I've got stuff to do, you know. And I go, no, 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 come over, come over. He goes, no. Nah. He goes, I don't want to be rude or anything. He said, but you got a bit of glass. Stick it out. I still had glass. Stick it what out. What colour wiggle were my you? My head. Uh, well, I ended up being red because uh, <laughs> of the blood, but <laughs> I think I was yellow. But then, but then uh, my daughter come out and she like freaked out a little bit. And I said, it's all right. Dad just got into five of the hooli doolies. And it's, uh, you know. <laughs> But yeah, so there's been a lot of weird stories as it's uh, been great on Footscray. Me and things, me and things happen. Man, <laughs> did you grow up around uh, Whit Noble in the period of time where you used to sort of, you know, strap the beer cans to your feet so you could see and, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of thing? Well, we used to, used to half time used to be uh, free. To, to get in So we used to oh, go right. Like at half time Because no one had any money <laughs> Was it windy back then too? And, uh, yeah it was windy It was horrible uh, And the toilets Were absolutely uh, Disgraceful But I, I lived in uh, Empire Street I lived in different places In Footscray But uh, when I was growing up I lived in flats In, in Empire Street and Which is just down the road It's only yep. like a quick walk You could hear like the cheers When you're yeah, outside yeah. And stuff. You could hear the cheers And stuff um, But the, the real weird The great thing about The Bulldogs Like Footscray at the time Is we didn't have a lot of money We didn't have a lot of stuff but we had our football team. Yeah. So it was an important yeah. part of like our culture. And it's, it's weird because I had a party uh, for my parents on uh, Sunday and my cousins are there. And I know what social media and that. It's amazing how many of my cousins and uh, my uncles and aunties and that all follow the Bulldogs. 
and their kids and like three, four generations, they're all you see like their kids all in the bulldog gear. So it's actually for me, yeah. it's actually really like even though they live in all different places now, it's still like lovely to, to sort of see. But this thing that really sucked was is that as much as we had our own team, right, our team represented us almost. Because we just never won. Like St Kilda and the Bulldogs, I used to go down and we just get, and I remember it used to be raining. I felt like every time I went to send the Bulldogs, it was pouring down rain and we get beat like by 100 points and you yeah, come yeah. back. Then I mean, I'm this little kid with my scarf on and just, you know, just yeah. shattered. So, you know, 2016, mate, every time I, I see you, Clay Smith, I just want to hug, hug everyone and, you know. But yeah, so it's uh, amazing you, for us. Just on Clay Smith, because we see him a fair bit. He comes to the Comics Land a fair bit. He's, a, he's got a golden pass. Yeah. Um, he, and he's doing a bit of boxing. Yeah. Now. Mm. You do a bit of boxing. Yeah. Have you fought him? No, no. Or sparred with him or anything? <laughs> I love it. Have you fought him? Well, <laughs> I don't know, no, no, but I don't know how big a, the boxing community yeah. is. He's actually at, at my gym now, which is fantastic. Um, and I actually wanted to – his next fight, I actually wanted to fight – on that card, yeah. But I, over the lockdown, and that I put on a bit of weight, and yeah, yeah. So I'm not fit, so I got to get back into it. But we've got comedy festival now, so and Easter, so I'll wait for that to. Then I'll well, start well we should again. mention. I think the weekend is May 16 or May 21, something right think, around yeah, there, yeah. where the Clay's fighting. So do we know the, who he's fighting? Yeah, we do. He's the uh, he's the main event. I yeah, suppose. yeah. He's, and he's actually, a, an old teammate of mine, Jed Lamb, oh, who yeah. used to play at the Swans and then the Giants, then the Blues, is on the undercard. So there's a couple of ex AFL boys who are playing, uh, fighting. Sorry, on the same night, which is uh, which is good. I know Clay's still looking for sponsors and people to get involved. So if anyone's interested, um, yeah, go look after him. I've been watching oh, he training fit, stuff. Yeah. He's looking really good. He, I must say, his highlights he puts up aren't his best work. Like yeah. they're very like sort of shadow boxing pads. I'm like, just show me where you like. Knocking out one of your sparring pads, <laughs> you know, like that's usually what the the fighters do. They always put out some like scary footage footage of them, you know. But, but you want to keep, especially with sparring stuff too, because a lot of sparring sessions are kept private. Yeah, uh, depends who you, who you fight and stuff, because you want to sort of you, yeah. you want to keep want to hold something for like the <laughs> yeah. night. You don't want to show people too much. But he's fighting um, one of the guys from. Uh, the block, Luke, I think his name uh, is. What? Yeah, yeah. This is like the Australian, like, celebrity version of boxing. Yeah, yeah. Because so in the States, they get YouTubers to fight over here. We're like, the block and Bulldogs premiership player. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and we need Clay to do well because our last Bulldog boxer, uh, Barry Hall, did not do well. He, he lost to the rugby league guy. Uh, uh, Sonny Bill? Yeah, Sonny uh, Bill Williams. Yeah. yeah. And when was that last week? Yeah, I, I missed that. I knew it was happening. But I just, but that's why I asked Doug about boxing. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah he did get back up in the first round. But look, it's still, it's still a huge effort, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Williams is a big guy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, strong like Barry is as well. But, again, this is like Barry's second one. Um, you know, Williams has been fighting for like the last few years yeah. and stuff. So, Would you ever, you know, Boydie, you're a big bloke. How no. much for charity? How much do I have to give to Beyond Blue? For you to step into a boxing ring, so I win. I win Super Tats Lotto. I'm, I'm a billionaire now. Yeah. What's your What's your fee? Ninety nine percent of the decision is the opponent. The one percent is the money. Best answer ever. You could ask. You could ask me to fight for a trillion dollars if it was. Um, but if you're fighting Conor if McGregor, if it was Anthony Joshua, <laughs> I don't, Conor McGregor would beat me. But at least he's smaller. I'm like, and he's just going to knock me out. Anthony Joshua might kill me. Who's Anthony Joshua? He's the biggest fighter out of Britain, or one of the biggest fighters out of Britain. I think he's fighting uh, Fury coming up. 
But he's, uh, he's Tyson next fight is Ushk. I can't even say his name right. But he oh, actually yeah. he actually yeah, went Fury? back to Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champion of the world. Just See, knocked I, out um, Anthony Wilder. I'm and such a nerd. You you need to Google Tyson Fury because he is six foot nine. Yeah, bald and fat as, and <laughs> okay. is one of the greatest fighters you have ever seen. Like moves like he's five ten. It's incredible. All right. And, and he sings, and he's, he sings he, after his fight. Yeah, his name's the Gypsy King. Yeah. What does he sing? Hey, I just, I'm like, last, when he won the, when he beat Walder, oh, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> I think the second time, he, he starts singing and stuff. And I said, that's why you don't have white world champions. Yeah. Because uh, you got to listen to him <laughs> sing afterwards and stuff. Uh, look, uh, uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's a great fighter. But there's, yeah. some, there's some good heavyweight fighters at the moment. Um, Ushk, I, I'm, 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 I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah, it's just, but he's Ukrainian. But oh, he okay. actually, yeah. So he beat he, he beat Joshua yes um, for one of the belts and he 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 actually put it on hold went out to Ukraine to fight good on uh, you. that's right yeah, yeah. yeah a few of the ex UFC boys have been have gone over there too yeah and to then fight you got, in the you army got, um, uh, Lammers over there as well who um, George Kim, um, Kimbosis. Uh, just uh, was supposed to fight George Calambaras, the chef. No, 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 Cambo- <laughs> George Cambosis. I'm so bad at he, this. He just, he just, yeah, he just, I'm out of my depth. Yeah. When you said Fury before, I thought you meant Nick it's, Fury. We're talking Samuel about heavyweight Jackson. fighters, and then you're like George Calambaras. Well, I've seen him <laughs> punch kids at an A League game. Cambosis. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, but he just won like all, all the, like the belts and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the guy he was supposed to fight actually went over to Ukraine. Good uh, on him to fight as well, yeah. yeah. And you got two like ex heavyweight world champions as well. Mm. Um, All right, boy, you're off the hook. When I win Super Tats Lotto, I'm organising this Ukrainian to fight Putin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? Good luck. <laughs> so who? Yeah, I was about to say. Who? who, who you tell me a story about sparring it, as part of the training with yeah, the yeah. Bulldogs. We used to do quite a bit. Yep. And who who smacked you in the face? Really bad. Uh, no, no. There was a story that was before my time, which is that like Ryan Griffin could really box, and okay, there was a couple of other guys. Um, when like I, I reckon it ended about the time that I joined the league, which was there was probably the men's club culture of like the young boys. We knock them around a little yeah, bit yeah, in okay. boxing because boxing is one of those things. You probably speak to this more than you just have to do it. It's mm. not whether you're big and strong. It's whether you've done a lot of boxing. Like, there's not that many natural boxers. Right. So, when you come into a football club, there's guys who have trained boxing for 10 years and they are 30 and much older <laughs> and stronger than you. Um, now, I understood the principles of boxing relatively early, not in the ability, but just in the fact that if I just keep my arm out, they can't get close to me. <laughs> Whereas some other players thought that putting their hands like half in front of their face was enough. And let's just say that, yeah, it didn't work out too well for them. But um, yeah, we, we stopped sparring, I think probably, yeah, very early on in my career and really went into like a bit of body sparring, no headshots, yeah. um, really more of an athletic aerobic building exercise, but super fun. Very difficult, but super fun. <laughs> yeah. they, um, st- they stopped because that that Hawthorne kid got concussion. Yeah, is that yeah, right? that was that was only a few. Yeah, that was a last few years, year or something. Last year, a couple yeah. of years. Ago. I can understand that with concussion protocols, maybe not punching in the head as yep. a training thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then go and play footy. Yeah, <laughs> smart idea. Well, the problem is you got to remember as well, like the the players loved it. Like really? some of the players really loved boxing because it gets your like primal juices flowing like nothing else getting hit in the face or in the body by someone you're maybe not the best friends with at the club. <laughs> um, ah. and, and there was always these like, I remember we used to do these, uh, uh, these like basically it was like one-on-one body sparring and you'd have like one guy who was running by himself. So he'd run over and basically make it two-on-one for 30 seconds. You'd just have to protect ah. yourself and he'd move around. <laughs> My first year, 
Ace Cordy was the extra. And I, again, not that good a boxer, understood the principles of how to stop this happening to you and getting really beat up for 30 seconds. So as soon as Ace came over, before he even got set, I just belted him in the stomach. <laughs> and I'm like, I spoke to him at the end of the session. I was like, um, you didn't go that hard on me. He goes, mate, you winded me so bad. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, good. That's what I was trying to do. Don't pick on me, you too. <laughs> So, oh, but it was good fun, and we had uh, we had Johnny helping us out. He's a guy from Footscray, and um, yeah, he's a boxing coach. You he probably oh. trained, yeah, trained Clay for. for it made some it sound of time. like you just got someone off Footscray Station who was who was punching on. No, with no, someone. Johnny, <laughs> come, come, on. he'll give you a gig. Jo- Johnny has his uh, a boxing gym. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's in in or near Footscray somewhere. So um, I could know him. Yeah, sure. no, I don't know. I, I used to train um, Bo Gerings, and Bo passed away a couple of years ago. That was in Footscray, Footscray yeah. Youth Club. That's where I was little. Man, I'm amazed that this was a thing up until last year. When Caleb Daniel boxed, did he wear two helmets? <laughs> uh, well, I, I know that the like I we stopped doing head sparring at the dogs a long time ago. Yeah. Um. So I reckon. Yeah. I seriously reckon it was my first year that there were, and and it was like. Yeah, it was very low key. I, I'd heard stories basically because you know like a lot of clubs used to do full on <laughs> in the past. Um. Basically, like in the ring, doing yeah. rotations and stuff, and and we never did that whilst I was there. Um, and we did a little bit of the Giants, uh, especially a start of preseason out in the sun. And yeah, again, like the problem is the players love it, or a lot of the players love it. And then yeah, the clubs and the players both realised it was probably not a great idea. Um, so, <laughs> and then we still do, you know, extraordinary amounts of um, you know strenuous and. St- uh, stressful uh, exercise on the football field as well that obviously can have impacts on sort of micro concussions and yeah. little head knocks here and there. So it's a tough game, but yeah, it makes sense to pull out the head sparring in particular. What training drill or training exercise do you miss the least? What did you hate? Um, there was these repeat effort things that I did a couple of times basically coming out of rehab. So right at the end of like, so you, let's say you've injured your shoulder or you've injured your back, they're like, w- w- just training's not enough. We're going to see if you're ready to play. And, you know, there's the stories of um, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Vossi or someone who broke one of the players' collarbones? Uh, it was a Vossi. It was way back in the day where they were basically, like someone had a sore collarbone and they were about to play in the premiership and they came up and bumped them and the collarbone broke again. Oh, I you, don't know this This is a famous story sounds... from like the 80s, I think. Oh, okay, right. Not, from, believe it, not, not from recently. Right, so Hawthorne. Lee probably. Matthews was coaching. I, it was definitely Lee Oh, Matthews. so Collingwood, maybe. Maybe. 1990. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, regardless. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like one of those, oh, like we're going to prep you for a match. We're just going to try and break you to pieces. But it was, you know, I need to do five or six efforts, which takes like a minute, minute and a half with one player. Yeah. Then I need to run to the next player who's fresh and hasn't oh. been doing it. Any, and then you need to go to the next one. Then you get like 30 seconds off or you have to kick a set shot on goal and then you have to do that again. And it was just like, I remember going against some players who let's say won't be named, who took it upon themselves to make that miserable beyond the point of like being helpful. <laughs> where, Vindictive? Well, well, so you're, you're fresh if you're the the extra guy. Yeah. Your job is to make sure that it's hard for me, but that doesn't mean you like grab you high and then like pull on your jumper and like this, you don't get to cheat as well. <laughs> You're already <laughs> yeah, got the yeah, advantage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember doing that and just having some very uh, distinctive words for a couple of teammates over the years. Oh. Um, 
but yeah, th- those are the worst. And just running in general, they um some of the some of the stuff we used to do was just insane. Now that I look back on it, how hard it was. And Doug, you and I complain when we don't get a free beer at a gig. That's right. I, yeah. <laughs> well, at least Doug does some boxing. What do you, you just walk around and take selfies in the gym, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm militant. No phone at, at the gym. I hate those people who just always you know show themselves doing deadlifts. Oh, no, you can't do that. And everything. I, I'm almost like the dad at the gym. I see some kids just, you know, people just sit on equipment on their phone. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Sort of, like when it's a young bloke, I just, just want to get get it out of your hands. Yeah, walk, walk over there with their, their sanitizer they use on the thing. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to clean that before I use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I, that's actually one of the biggest things that came out of 40. I hate public gyms because oh, yeah? at football, we've got 50 minutes to do an hour and a half worth of work and at the gym, you've got... <laughs> Four hours to do twenty minutes. Of work. Yeah, but it seems that I, I could never stand it. It was so I saw, annoying. I saw a guy uh, again. This happened in Footscray. This is uh, where uh, Vic Uni is now. Um, it used to be called FIT, and they used to have a gym there. So Footscray Institute of Technology. Yeah, and yep. uh, well done. Thank you. And uh, but they used to have uh, a gym there and wrestling because I saw um, my friends used to wrestle, so I used to do a little bit of wrestling there. So, so they had that wrestling gym there and and uh, a weight gym. And someone wanted to use the equipment. Someone was taking too long. And the guy just walked over and goes, mate, you finished it. He goes, mate, I'm telling you, I've still got one more set. And he just went whack and head-butted him. <laughs> oh, broke <wow>. his nose. Oh. <laughs> and I used to see him in the gym all the time. Every time he come over, he goes, you use that? I go, no, mate, you can go. Go, go yeah. take, take it. <laughs> take Imagine it. that. Like, gym's hard enough as it is. And you have to, like... Be wary of assault yeah. at all yeah. times as well. This is like CrossFit beyond belief. I was, I was like 15 at the time. Every time that guy came to the gym, every, any time he walked close to like my equipment, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, yeah, like, I'm done, mate. I'm and my mate be like, yeah, and he's done like uh, two. You pulled it and used it twice. I go, no, I'm, 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 I'm right. I'm, yeah, you go, had the joke, or it might have been the late Dave Grant, uh, or it wasn't a joke, it was an anecdote about um, – going to a gym and there's a whole bunch of Maori guys so you're trying to impress them and you do the bench press that, way too heavy is that yeah, you? That, that Dave Grant that, that was, was Dave, Dave Grant, Grant. Yeah, so no. what he did uh, Tom is uh, you know he's put on like probably 15 kilos too much yeah. that he should and then he's put it on and he just cannot get oh, it no. stuck on his chest and he's uh-huh. to go help help <laughs> and the, the smallest Maori guy comes up just lifts it with one hand <laughs> and goes what is it too much weight not enough muscle that's eh? right <laughs> Uh. <laughs> but you know Footscray you know used to be quite rough but now it is uh, quite nice and lovely and gentrified yes. and if you are going to buy from there what should you do Tom? Uh, Jazz Stevens mate that's Jazz right the real estate agent of the west so he uh, he has helped make Footscray the wonderful place it is now and I'm going to give the award we do a Jazz Stevens award every week it's the uh, gentrification Award of where somewhere some place has a bad um, reputation, uh, but that you know we all know that it's actually good, and then it proves, and the rest of the world realizes how good they are. And the gentrification award this week, it's two winners: Jamari Hagen and Tim English, who have copped way too much criticism in the media over the past few years, and on Thursday night against the Swans, absolutely showed how good we've known they are for this whole time. Absolutely fantastic. Great. Yeah, I um I must say Tim English has been scrutinized as much as not maybe not quite as much as me, but pretty close over the years. Um and you know, Bevo's given him uh, a lot of opportunities in a number of different roles, but to actually see him piece together an overall Ruckman performance, kid outs, possessions, marks, he's um he's shown more in the last six to 12 months then you know at some points everyone probably thought we're not sure he's going to get to where we think 
he can get to. Um, so I was in particular really wrapped for him because you know it's a tough gig playing ruck. He's only still young, but it feels like he's been around for quite a while, and yeah. he's rucking against guys who are ten years older than him. Um, so yeah, kudos to to Big Timmy. And ruckings, I guess, like boxing, you just got to keep doing it. Oh, it's so hard. It's the hardest. Like I always say, in terms of like being able to perform at the peak of your powers, playing a forward is the hardest. Because you literally have guys out there who just want to ruin your day. And it's usually not just one. It's just about five of them. Yeah. Um, but the probably the – well, in my experience, the attrition of playing in the ruck is horrible at times because it is just banging and crashing and banging and crashing all game long. And particularly if you're rucking by yourself um, and particularly if they've got two ruckmen and particularly if, the, you know, they've got a big ruckman. So – um, and particularly if his name is Shane Mumford. Yes. <laughs> uh, Shane, Shane was one. I, like playing against Gorney and stuff as well, was, that's, that's a tough caper because he's got like four inches on me. Because he's, um, he's big, but he's also bony. He's bony, but he's d- much stronger than he looks for a size because yeah. um, he's you know, also 210 centimetres or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for Tim to actually stay fit and healthy and keep playing good footy and when he has to go back to the twos to get some form or whatever, he's gone and done that and now he's sort of pieced together a pretty bloody good start to the season. Yeah. It's, um, Did massive you mind rucking when you I, – I loved rucking. Yeah. Um, and I also hated rucking yeah. because it was just so hard. And yeah. and look, I also you know I was I'm as big as I am. I'm still undersized to play ruck. And you know I was 21, 21, giving up probably a couple of inches and about seven or eight years every week. Um, and the attrition it did on my body was shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, you're always involved. You don't have to rely on other people getting you the ball. You get to work with a bunch of midfielders who, if you're going well, they're real happy about it. And if they're not, Tommy, get up there, mate. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't jump any higher. I can't. This is it. It's all you got. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the lots of it. Um, staying involved in the game is great. But, yeah, I like, uh, the reason why I have so much respect for Tim is that at his age, I mean, what is he, 23 or something now? Probably. I think he's 24. He's, he's right. definitely coming to the age where you would expect him to be yeah. at the level he's at. He's yeah. tracking beautifully. Yeah, he's going like, really well. I love how he went for a run, bouncing the ball. Oh, I wanted to bring this up, <laughs> actually. Before that? you came up with the award for uh, Jamara and Tim, I watched some highlights of Tim from the weekend, and that bloke really wants to be Dean Cox. <laughs> Because he gets the ball and bounces it before he's even taken a step. He yeah. did it four times on the weekend, I believe, running bounces. Four times? Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, he definitely did two that didn't need bouncing. So. <laughs> and they were just in the highlights reel. I saw a few times. And that's a long way to come up. So. Yeah, so, I mean, so risky. <laughs> When the when the ball was uh, it was at a stoppage and it just went went to ground, he almost dived on it and he had to like physically stop himself yeah. and like look around for McRae or, or Caleb and just go. That's right, you have to do it. Yeah. Now, now as I said, I, I didn't catch too much of the game. What did you think of uh, Jamara's outing? Absolutely brilliant. I mean, it, it's weird. He only got seven disposals, yeah. but the the as as a few people have been saying on air, like Kane Corns has been eating his humble pie. Uh, it's it's his his efforts. He's you know second efforts. He tackle defensive pressure is yeah. absolutely amazing. And he and took a good pack mark as well. But um, North's got the free. Oh, yep, did the he? Time too, yeah. So actually, that is one issue they need to work out, and it'll happen in time. Is uh, him and Nort's keep going for the same ball? Yeah. We don't. I don't know how do you fix that. Of uh, that, is that just communication between the two? Uh, it's probably a bit of both. Running capacity, maybe on. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I know Naughty was sore going into this week because when we spoke last week on the Patreon, he, I don't think he was playing. 
they, that's right. They brought, brought him out and then they brought him back in late. So maybe he didn't have the running and Jamara's only young. Um, though he looks like he covers the ground relatively well. So it's a bit of that, bit of game plan. Um, but the, the thing that I noticed in the first two weeks about Jamara is that um, whenever he's around the ball, something looks like it's going to happen. But then to your point, he, you know, he takes one grab and then he'll kick one amazing snap. And then you'll do an amazing ground ball and an amazing tackle. And it's now just how do we get all of that in the same game, yeah. Yeah. which is probably where Naughty's at, if you look mm-hmm. at him. Like, his marking is obviously his standout capability. But across the board, he makes impact, tackle, chase, bump, mm-hmm. push, shove, all of the good stuff that you yeah. need as a key forward. So um, he's got a good person to learn off. Yeah, and I think also, too, with um, Jamar as well, just watching his, his second efforts, his third efforts, you know, it, yeah. it's really starting to elevate. He's, yeah, he's hungry. Yeah, yeah the thing yeah. that's exciting too is like uh, with Aaron, there's just you can't teach his ability to take grabs. Like I watched him from 18 years old and everyone was just like, holy hell, this guy's got hands that just can catch anything. And, Where, and, yeah. and, and there's still some I can't believe he gets. Yeah. I'm like, All there's the no way. He's not, even, there's no, he's not even in position here and yep. somehow he'll come out with it. You're like, mm. how, how does he get that? Absolutely no right to go for some of the marks yeah. that he does. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's crazy. But then Jamar is a bit the same. Like you can't teach his sort of like cat-like tendencies to bounce up and change direction and snap the ball. Like some of the goals he has kicked have been extraordinary. It's just that, you know, some weeks you don't see him for half the game. Yeah. yeah. So really that's like the message that I got when I was a young key forward is like you can do all this great stuff and you can take the mark or, you know, kick the goal, but your job is to turn up 110 times a game and then from that 110 or whatever the number is, turn that into 15 touches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, And that's, that's that comes with time and also trying yeah. to find his place in the team and, and sort of his teammates getting to know how he plays as well. So... um Massive kudos to the the two young gentlemen. Absolutely. uh, Worthy award winners. Dougie, have you met the young comedian around town, Jeremy Dooley? Yeah. Yeah. So do you know Jeremy's, what, his day job? No. He was strength and conditioning coach at Richmond. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, with Jamara. At Richmond, Collingwood, and then development coach at Eastern Rangers. And uh, he said to me several times, of all the players he's seen develop, Jamara is the most exciting footballer he's ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, he says he's going to be Michael Jordan level uh, skills. Yeah. Yep. Which yep. is just, I love that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I remember him telling me that because he also, um, he also like is a referee and stuff for MMA and he does combat yeah, he sports do- and stuff too. So. Yeah. He's a good so bloke. I normally talk to him about that because I actually work with his uncle doing the Outback Tours. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, is that? <laughs> Chris oh, Dooley. That Dooley that's, Dooley. Is- that's his uncle. I didn't know that. Now, these tours. Tom, you think uh, pre-season of AFL is rough. This is where, Dougie, you, you go and you, you perform at mines. Yeah. Like fly-in, fly-out mines in regional wow. West Australia. And you have to do, correct me if I'm wrong, Dougie, you have to do two gigs at a mine, one for, for each shift because yep. there's overnight yeah, yeah, shift. Yep. So one of the gigs you have to perform at six in the morning yeah, in sometimes a canteen. Earlier. Yeah. So what, what happens is, uh, and not always, it depends on Before on, on they the start mine. the day, right? Yeah. Okay. So, cause yeah. They, no, it's have, after. They've just done night shift. They'll have, yeah, they'll have different shifts. So, yeah, so you'll have one. They're different now. When I first started to do them, because uh, everyone, because now because all of health and safety and they like got zero alcohol. Some yep. you know they they got to blow zeros in the morning. Yep. Um, some have got mid strength. Some have got no. They're dry. You're yep. not allowed to drink at all. So it's it's all changed now. When I first started, people could drink as much. They used to shove. But all accidents started happening. They used to shove drunk and stuff. Yep. We used to get there. People used to get so drunk. There used to be fights. There'd be wow. you know, and they'd all have gyms and. 
I was younger and fitter then, and you'd be talking about boxing. I'd be sparring people that you don't oh. know. Anyone's just like <laughs> drunk and stuff. It was like crazy. And uh, but but now they're a little bit more sort of. But uh, like because of all health and safety and stuff, they've got to yep. be careful. And so yeah, so they're very people. Yeah, people are very behave now, yeah. which is which You're is quite still doing comedy times. at six but in the morning to blokes morning, who don't want it. Yeah, but that, that's the funny when you when you sort of um, <laughs> like. When you used to do it before, people used to be like, um, yeah, they're still drinking and getting drunk at like five in the morning. It was crazy to see. Wow. Um, and you because I'd be up all night, I'd be up with like a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, normally got like a, a scotch and coke, now I've got like a cup of tea talking to people. You're like half asleep. Um, but now they're a little bit more sort of, uh, and they'll sit and they'll listen, and which yeah. is a little bit uh, stranger. But the hardest thing with the tours is not the actual, when you get there doing the gigs, it's actually getting to each gig because yeah. you're in the outback, you're in the desert. So you travel, it's not, a, it's not unusual to travel like 15 hours yeah, yeah. to a show. You get there, you set up, you do the gig, you wake up early, maybe do another show in the morning, then take off, drive another 10, 12 hours to yep. another every day for like a month. Which is, you know, if you are going to tick off things that are very poor for preparation for a yeah, comedy gig, yeah. that's like three quarters of them. And you got you got four comics like in, in the, the one in car. The car. Oh. So by the end, everyone wants to kill each other. The smallest thing would drive you, you crazy. Yep. You know, you see yeah. them go, mate, do you have to breathe like that? I go, man, I'm just breathing. You go, yeah, but you, it's loud. Oh, I, it's, oh, it's normal. I can't know? even imagine. Yeah, that I've would be your some, hell. Some early gigs like 6 a.m., 6.30s for guys on site before they start work yeah. or, or go to the mines, um, not in regional, but... Um, yeah, oh, well, those one, are tough. One like, of these metro mines. Well, in like stall. <laughs> in I've been to stall gold mines and um, been up to sort of Ballarat and around there, but not out in the, the outback of, of WA. So um, we have a very unique opportunity this week. Against Danny. the Tigers. Yes. What, what is it? To destroy the hopes of another premiership. <laughs> Wouldn't that be... Because uh, actually I wanted to chat to you about this. Uh, I remember asking... Uh, a few of the older, when I first started emceeing for the dogs in around uh, 2014, 2015, asking them which teams did they like beating the most. And the answer was always GWS and Richmond. Yep. We have this, ri- it's actually a one-sided rivalry <laughs> against Richmond. Where we hate them, they don't care about us. And I think it goes back to the Liberatore Knights incident in 1997. And it's just sort of maintained since then. Because we always do fire up against yeah. the Tigers. I think in this century, we've only lost to them about... Five or six times, considering how often we play them, it's, it's and a pretty and good record. Have been pretty, pretty close too. I remember one. Um, I think it was uh, when they. I think it was actually 2017 when we were sort of pretty much yeah, out, out of the final. Yeah, yep. yeah, and uh, yep. we should have got a free kick. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, and you know, or Mark, but, you know. one or the other. It was, it was probably both. Yeah. It's outrageous. So yeah, did you did you get that wanting to beat Richmond as a uh, as a player? Well, no, I'm not. I mean, Richmond early because I was living with Nick Floston. So, of course, yeah, I wanted yeah. to beat him. He's my housemate. Um, still injured, I believe. Uh, but GWS definitely. I mean, of and and, all, and just like and even like Melbourne, like it was more about the like the what was the team like that was playing less so than the club. Um, and you know Richmond were relatively fine. They weren't as, they weren't that good when we were playing. Well, when I was playing against <laughs> yeah. them in 2016, and um, and I think the weirdest thing for us this week is one being in that sort of distinct position where if Richmond lose, they're in a awesome. whole yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very difficult for them to ever make finals. And also, we're actually playing on the weekend again, which is yeah. quite strange. Ten day break. Yep. So playing Saturday night. 
And when did Richmond play? Is that, is that uh, Saturday, I think. Okay, great. That's good So they all come up to seven. Yep. Seven-day break. Do you find the longer break better? Sunday. Sorry, anyway. They, so they, they played Sunday. So they played Sunday, yeah. Um, yes and no. I, like, I think six is tough. Five is... I think I only did it once, which was for a Good Friday game, I think. And I'm pretty sure I got knocked out in that game. So <laughs> if I re- remember correctly, which I may not. <laughs> well, you got knocked out. Um, <laughs> I may just be piecing together different <laughs> North Melbourne games and just telling a story that's completely untrue. But anyway, needless to say. Um, so well, Considering you don't remember, you probably got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the, the, then there's like seven... Good, like seven or well, seven's normal. Eight's really good because you sort of get like freshened up. Yeah. But then within an eight day break, you just basically train twice instead of once. Mm. So as you sort of shrink the days, it becomes more difficult, and that training session is a bit harder and a bit lighter, and you don't really get to do stuff at the start of the week, and then you sort of back end a lot. Just it's all scheduling. Then once you get out to nine or ten, it's a very strange um, sort of time period. Like we used to have it for the buy all the time. Like I don't know if you remember, we always used to play like a Saturday, go into the buy. And then play the following Thursday. So instead of having two weeks off like you were supposed to, or most teams did, we had like always a nine or ten day break. AFL's always against us. But um, and we'd go play Sydney in Sydney for that Thursday. Yeah. Um, and I actually really liked like that. That was fine because we had a few days off, and then we just went back into a normal training week. But yeah, it's always weird when you have the extra days because yeah. they don't really know what to do with it. And you just end up spending more time at the footy club than you need to. Yeah. Because they're like. Well, you got to be here. Because you see some mixed results with the team sometimes after yeah. those longer breaks. I, I find sometimes. Well, Geelong yeah. are terrible at them. Yeah. Like, they always lose their. Oh, the, the only time they've won a game after the bye was against us last year with that kick after the siren. Oh, ah, yep. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right, we should wrap up soon. Doug, we should get you to um, promote your festival show. But I just wanted to ask you one last what's your favourite Bulldogs win that you've seen live? Our favourite win? Your, yeah, the, you know. That, that I've actually been to? Yeah. That, that I've seen live? I'm just avoiding you saying, you know, the 2016 Grand yeah, Final or 2016 Yeah, because you've got to say that. Win. But actually, uh, and I wasn't there live, but I, most emotional game for me um, was when we beat GWS in the um, prelim yeah. in 2016. Yeah, I because yeah. I've never seen a Grand Final in my whole life. No. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're the same. And yep. and just to go your whole life, and that's the first time. I couldn't believe that. It was just so weird for us because even when we got so close in other games, something always happened that yes. sort of denied us of it. So I was, I was still waiting for that, like, <laughs> knife to go from my heart. Yep. And when it didn't happen, it was just surreal for me. I was just, you know, I was, I was speechless. And I was so emotional after that game. Um, more emotional than I've been at like at any any game, you know. But one another sort of uh, when I, we played um, West Coast the last time of the um, Western Oval. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, it poured down rain. Yes, uh, but that was just a, it was yeah. good, good to be there. And uh, you know, but it's good that we still have games there now. But at the time, we're thinking there's no more games here, yeah. and, and it was just so because I hadn't uh, been there for a while, and so good to be around because I went out afterwards in Footscray. So many people hadn't seen for years. Just a yeah, of course. yeah. It felt that that community. well, they should do a. They've spoken about doing a community round. Did we play in Witten last year, or have we played there in the last few years as not, a senior the, AFL game? No, no, we done practice matches. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I played a practice match there. Um, in my like my first ever one actually was against Richmond there. But you can like, can you imagine that place? It'd be electric. It's so I I do It'd remember be, that place being electric. It was so yeah. good. Like imagine it like right now if they set up and they did a community round. Oh, it'd be imagine awesome. we played GWS there. Now that would just be so. We epic. could do that. We, I reckon we could do that. Yeah, well, and also that's a good point because they don't—they're they're not going to pull a gate. 
Yeah. Like Gold Coast and GWS had, I think, about 4,000 people turn up on the yeah. weekend. And then um, the, the response was, if we get one, uh, a team in Tassie, I can guarantee it'll never be that low. And I was like, have you seen the weather down there? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, have I you think seen the play- population? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's, oh, I think we should, we should definitely do that. It'd be an amazing thing for Footscray. And yeah. after well, the last couple of years. That is the long-term idea. Like yes. the redevelopment. They want to be the third yes. uh, stadium there. And that'll be great. Mm. Yeah, oh, they re- that's all right. We got the big announcement, the big release of uh, the um, what do they call it? The concept of what the, the stadium and the ground will look like yep. um, with the new development, which looks pretty snazzy. Not yeah. convinced it'll end up looking like that. Probably not. And is this money actually coming in, or is this an election promise? Or this is uh, a combination of quite a few things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which means Peter Gordon's paying for it. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not Peter. No, it's um it's part of the redevelopment of the the western sort of. To make it the community hub that it actually is. Um, at the need. moment, it's not capable to house as many you know groups and as much as they try. Um, so the upgrade will be it'll be awesome for the the Western community and Footscray community more broadly. So yeah, it's uh, very exciting. And speaking of awesome, Doug, your show is on at the Rubber Chicken in the South Chicken. Melbourne. Oh, that's right, yes. yeah. the old Water Rat. That's right, to... that's yep. right. Yeah, the you old drive Water past Rat. It quite often. It's called a, a Mugs Game. I've only got two shows left um, this Friday and uh, next Thursday. Right, I think there's a show on. Uh, this Thursday, but I won't be there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, don't come uh, to that one. It's, it's with Brad Oaks. Oh, you got to go to all of them. It's, it's, uh, but it's with Brad Oaks, Lisa Doherty. Uh, but I, I got to do a thing for um, uh, Triple M on the Thursday, so I got to. I can't can't do Fair it. Fair enough. So well, that's all right. You you away. anyone who wants to see Doug, just go to the Comics Lounge. You host every Tuesday, which e- every is new Tuesday material there. night. I've got my twenty five year show anniversary coming up. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. So that's in uh, well done. May. And my show is on sale today, finally. Uh, my show, it's, uh, it's just called Up and About. It's, la- it's a show I did last year. There'll be new material in there, but all proceeds are going to the Ukraine Crisis Fund. Oh, so awesome. it's a way for me to raise money for my wife's homeland. We're also doing a U- uh, Ukraine fundraiser show next Monday. Uh, so check out thecomedyfestival.com.au for details. You can just type in Doug Chapel, type in Danny McGinley. Yeah. That's how you find us rather than having to remember yeah. show details and everything. The whole search thing works. And it's Doug Chapel, not Dave Chappelle. So just uh, <laughs> And if you want to come and do the Will Smith thing to Doug while he's on stage, just remember he trains at boxing. Yeah. So, but I grew up in Footscray, so this is the first time someone's come, actually come up on stage and, and try to. And this is true. That's well, you, you knew with the House of Fools like years ago. Yeah, we've uh, come to years because there's so much security now. Uh, yep. Bar people now say, "Look, you've had too much." But when when we first started. People, you know, people would be drunk. They go, hey, have another one, have another one. Yeah. You know, so people get drunk, want to jump up on stage. There's be hecklers all the time. So that was quite common uh, to back get then. punched. So, well, not to get punched, but people getting aggressive and wonder, yeah. sort of uh, heckle you and have a, have a go at you on stage. Yeah. Don't li- just leave these gentlemen to tell their jokes. Yeah. yeah. yeah that'll work. All right. Go, Doug. Boydie, do you have anything to plug? No. Go, go Doug. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8 Star Energy. I gave my childhood to that roar of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love the bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day 
And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray streets Long, long road they're running for you. The dogs of Footscray Streets.